I'm not even waiting. <laughs> Welcome to the Ascent. I had a whole thing planned, now, man. Your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes, Rick, we are back. The Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. Yes, we are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum. We have finally got a few things squared away, and hopefully <laughs> they'll stay that way. No, no, they won't. They I said hopefully. <laughs> well, hope in one hand and, you know, yeah, you know, know the rest of that thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, is it great to be back here live at AsylumFantasySports.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter and ArenaSportsNet.com. It has been too long since. What did we just look? January, Rick? January was the last time uh, that you heard us live. And we're back. Here it is. It's, what, May 25th? No, what is it? 24th, May 24th, we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend. The draft's over. There's been a lot of moves in the NFL. the draft's over. Hockey is in full-fledged, coming down to the wire in the east. The west is already set for the finals. Hockey's a joke. No, the officiating in hockey has become a joke. The NHL is a joke. Well, yeah, how they run that league and why they get no – Exposure or coverage is all on them because it's a good product. It, the hockey is great. Yeah. But the things the league does may, feeds into the belief that the average sports fan has. There's this popular hashtag on the tweeters now. It's hashtag garbage league or hashtag garage league because that's what it is. They make it up as a game. No other sport. And, look, I'm as guilty as any sports fan when I'm watching any any sports at all where I'm yelling at the officials, let them play, let them play. But only in the NHL do they take the rule book, Rick, and do this. Yeah. Come the playoffs. That's what they do. They throw it out. Cross-checking, boarding, headshots aren't penalties in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, you know, one hand on a shoulder off the stick, and the neutral zone's a penalty, but a cross-check, a board, it, it's it's unwatchable at this point. It's just un, almost unwatchable. And the hockey is so good. But just when you get on this national stage, and, and when you get the Pittsburgh Penguins specifically, Rick, when, it's sort of a national team, somebody that may draw the casual fan, if such a thing exists of the NHL. I'm not even sure, Rick, if that exists in the NHL. But if it does, that's the team you're going to get the casual views on. And in like a 10-minute span yesterday, Rick, you got Mike Milbury in the pregame show right before they go on air saying that an elbow to the head that exploded, who was it, Uh, whoever the player was for Pittsburgh, exploded his face at the end of the prior game, says not only should – maybe it should have been a penalty, certainly not worth suspending it. And if I'd have done it, I'd have put my elbow the whole way through his head, and that's why it shouldn't be suspended. Then 45 seconds in the game, somebody just throws a butt end into Sidney Crosby right between his eyes. The face, the absolute face of your organization as the NHL with multiple concussion issues, the next one may be the last. No call. It's just over and over. It's ridiculous. It really is. And that's where a team, especially a skilled team like Pittsburgh, it – it bothers me a little bit. You never, you never saw that happen to Wayne Gretzky. Oh no! Because Somebody would whoever die. did that mm-hmm. would be crippled. Somewhere, some law. I mean, they would get him. 
Well, that's the thing. They've and, almost legislated the goon out of the NHL. Yeah. Which all it's done, though, all that it has done is led to goonish behavior from the average player. Right. You have the goon, and somebody takes that cheap shot. Have somebody try to decapitate them. I'm all right well, with see, that. Where's Marty McSorley? I'm sure he could still skate. Bring him back. See, that's where it has really fallen apart in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you know, a ticky-tack slash you know, I mean not a blatantly but you know what I'm talking about right and in these in these weird interference calls there you didn't even worry about them but those blatant calls right that's what that was the only penalty in penalty in playoff yeah. hockey and, and that that's was what you get. and now all they'll call is a trip and these phantom you know between the blue line interference calls because they want breakaways is all they want apparently and I, I don't know it's just it's so frustrating as riddle me this because i i don't remember really ever reading about it changing but do you remember you know they would maybe gamble on a long pass or just clear it and then it'd be a race down to the ice to see who could get to the puck first to to avoid icing uh-huh hell they blow the whistle before it even crosses the end line well, down there that's just how little, <laughs> how little well it's got to cross the icing line but then the if the if the team that iced it gets to the circles below the circles first, that waves off the icing. The team who if the other team gets down there, it's an icing. That's to avoid that hit. They were starting to because again, here we go again because yeah. they weren't policing themselves. We went through about a two-year stretch, Rick, where even on the icing call, somebody was blowing somebody else up down there after the whistle. So this is what they had to do to get rid of that. Whereas 15, 20 years ago, you did one guy did that. He's going to have to get carried out of that arena. I tell you what, though, you know that that does bring. Just a totally different topic. I mean, we got a lot of football stuff to cover and everything, right? You know, is going there. But you know, good friend of the show, Bernie Nichols. I mean, he brought a concussion suit against the NHL. Did it'd he? Be, it I wasn't be, aware of it that. It would be interesting to get his take on some of this kind of stuff. It's going to take. He knows a lot more than we do about this. It's going to take, and I found myself thinking about it. I think what it's going to take, Rick, is there's going to be. I wasn't aware Mr. Nichols had done that. But one big collective multi-billion dollar one like what happened in the NFL for them to start taking this serious. Yeah, but that's that's the end of hockey. You're know. right, because they don't have the money. The NFL's a machine. They, they can get away with it. NHL's not going to survive. Right. But and it, the, way, the way they officiate the, their postseason, I'd hate to see it go. They probably shouldn't survive. And the, and in the this other, is why they can't get any coverage, Rick. And in the other spectrum, though, but see, that that's what really gets me. It's, it's the league, how it's marketed. Look at the NBA. There's three or four teams max that have any shot at all at the <laughs> title, and you see it everywhere. You know, like it's the greatest thing right. in the world. It's, it's horrible to watch. I no. mean, what was it, 130 to 86 that's, game two? That's uh, been pretty much – I was thinking about this. I mean, that's, that is this. disgusting. And I pay a little bit of attention to this. I'm a basketball well, fan. Course. Now, I'm I, obviously more of a college basketball fan, but this time of year I'll try to watch it at the NBA. Me too. I mean, looking back, Looking back without doing research, Rick, I can come up with four games that at some point in the game weren't 25-point games. This entire postseason. Yeah. There was one game between San Antonio and Memphis. It was real exciting. I think it was a game six or something, pushed it to a game seven. There was 
two games in the Boston-Washington series and the game last night between Boston. And I think in the Chicago-Washington series. Wasn't it Chicago-Washington no. in the first round? They went seven. No, Chicago-Boston. Oh, Chicago. It? Was it? Okay, yeah. I mean, it seems like eons oh, ago because now. it was. That's <laughs> the other thing. Because in the NBA, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they take four days off between right. games. And this thing's going to be wrapped up tomorrow night in terms of the Eastern Conference Finals, you assume. Oh, yeah. And they're not starting the finals till June 1st. So they're just going to take a sabbatical like we do, apparently. You know, as all good fantasy and NFL slanted radio shows do two weeks before the Super Bowl where they go on sabbatical, right. which is what we do. A brilliant yeah. marketing approach, well, if, we if you ask me. I mean, there was no fantasy going on during <laughs> the Super Bowl. Well, so that's that's well, true too. So yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of beer to drink. I mean, it was Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I did drink a lot of beer. Yeah. Beer and turkey fryers. Now those are two things that go together really well. Oh yeah. Really fried really well. meat and alcohol. That's great. So so let's get into a long hiatus. Maybe we got some new listeners here. You know, we we fancy ourselves a fantasy sports show. Specifically probably a fantasy football show. You're gonna get a lot of that as the season approaches. If you're one of those diehards and you want somebody to sit and read off some Excel spreadsheet to you, which I know a lot of you like, and that's fine, this might not be the show for you. So, so save the tweets. You know yeah. what I mean? No, no. I tell we're, you what. Tweet me before we, you know, so that we'll have some fodder <laughs> because right. it's kind of fun. Look, we're we're going to cover a ton of it, but we, if you are new, and probably in this episode there are going to be a lot of new listeners, but we're hoping to pick them up as the summer goes oh, along. Yeah. This is a little different than most of the fantasy podcasts you're going to listen to, fantasy radio shows. If you're listening to the Arena Sports Net, so just be prepared. We're going to talk about whatever comes across our mind. We're going to talk about all all sports specifically, and we're going to do a whole lot of fantasy football when fantasy football is relevant. And you'll find that we get off on tangents. Oh, a little bit. And Just a wee it's, little it's bit. It's awesome. Just a wee little bit. When, boy? When? It's my man. Are this is for Rick. get your act together? Oh, good God almighty me. <laughs> this is Rick talking to his son. Or you. Yeah. Now this thing's a lot longer than Don't I remember. Yeah. Well, we'll let it go. We got an hour to fill. Hey, it's Struther Martin. He's just a <laughs> marvelous character actor. Cool hand look. So look, if there's something you want us to talk about, at Asylum Football on Twitter. And that's the other point I want to bring up before we get to the fantasy portion of the show. If you go to at Asylum Football on Twitter, just know, this is probably more for our old listeners who know who we are, you're pretty much going to be talking to Mr. Rick Briggs. Because with the Twitter, Rick, I just, I can't anymore. I, I just can't. I know, I can. T I love throwing darts. I, I can't. Everybody's a hero now, right? With, with the, the current climate in this country and around the world, everybody's a hero. And look, I don't want to be rattling my saber and be the stick to sports guy. You know, you know what I mean. I've discovered the mute button, Rick. I don't. Even, are you aware of the mute button on Twitter? I've discovered this, and I've been prolific with it. Even if you are somebody who is a good friend of ours, and there's several of them out there who you've decided you're a hero, and that all you want to do is show everybody how scary, enlightened, and smart you are on social issues, you've been muted because I just can't anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to get political or social, forget it. No, you can. Do it. That's great. Well, I, I want nobody to tell me what to do on our Twitter. That's I won't tell saying. you what to do on yours, but I don't have to pay attention well, to it. That's my point. You're I not don't gonna, care you're what not you think. You're not going to engage yeah. us. Let's put it I, that way. But anyway, get back to the, on to the topic at hand. You'll hear us on Arena Sports Net, and 
you know, keep checking back there in case um, we're not just going to be slotted. I think we're going to be slotted five days a week. We have to do five shows a week? And um, No, not oh. at first. Whew, not, yeah, not at first. I say, Snowman, get your checkbook out yeah. if you want that. But if you, but if you missed a show, I mean, it's a good chance to, to catch up, or you can always find it on Blog Talk or on our site. AsylumFantasySports.com. Yes. They're yes, all there and all our archives back to the beginning, back to the first episode where Rick said, Welcome yeah. to the asylum. And Rick thought he was a comedian, <laughs> and it was hideous. Oh, yeah, I planned that opening joke for seven months while we put this show together, <laughs> and it just fell flat. That was a shame. So, Rick, let's jump into it. We're only doing an hour here over the summer. Probably, I assume, bump it up when we get closer to football season. I imagine uh, around July at least. Nah, let's give it a little longer than that. No, no, no. Ease back no, into no, this no, thing. no, no. So every time, Onward. every time one of these happen, Ray. Every time, I'm thinking, boy, I we I can't wait to discuss this on the show. And of course, we waited six months between shows. So now all this player movement in the NFL. And look, I don't unless you really want to. I'm gonna th- not going to talk about cornerbacks and safeties and offensive linemen. But there's been so many moves. I think the fantasy realm has been shaken up more in this offseason than it has in, in, in many, many offseasons. There are so many big names in new and intriguing places. I figured, Rick, we'd just take this whole show and just take the shotgun approach and just throw them out. What do they mean to who the team that left? What do they mean to the player individually, the team where they want? There, there's so many directions we can go with this. I don't even know where to start at this point. Well, let's start with um, how about one – give me your move. I've, I've written two or three down that you think – is going to have the biggest impact on their team. And I'll, I'll give you free reign whether or not it's, you know, football-related, you know what I'm saying, okay. like affecting the team or fantasy. It, it doesn't so, matter to me. I think the that's tough. I think the biggest effect for an individual player, let's start there. Okay. And I don't think it's going to be one – that necessarily is at the top of everybody's list with the likes of Alshon Jeffrey and Eddie Lacy and Deshaun Jackson right. and those names moving around. The one that sticks out to me more than any other is Martellus Bennett going to Green Bay, Rick. They tried so hard, so hard Aaron Rodgers tried to force-feed Cook last year. And remember, he'd pop up for a game or two, and we get on the air on a Sunday morning and say, ah, must start, must start, look at these target numbers, and the catches never really came. Aaron Rodgers has desperately, desperately wanted this pass-catching tight end. If he can stay on the field for Aaron Rodgers and for Martellus Bennett individually, this guy's going to be in Gronk land with his numbers if he can stay on the field. If he gets it. And well, then, what I yeah. mean by that, you've got to get in sync with Aaron Rodgers. Richard Rodgers has better chemistry You're right. than, than a tight end I've seen in recent times in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Right, but they he, keep trying to bring in that big yeah, pass catching tight end. He doesn't really have the skill set, I don't think, that some of these other ones, like, you know, be it he's not a complete tight end like some of these other guys. But, yeah, you're right. If he can stay on the field and gets with the program or gets with Aaron Rodgers, it would certainly behoove him to get into camp early and maybe want to work with Aaron Rodgers. But you and, saw and, what they tried to do with Jared Cook last year. Exactly. It just never worked. Yeah, he, right. He'd go on stretches within games where it looked like he'd get eight, nine targets in a row, and he'd drop seven of them. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wants this, and this offense, I think, needs this. 
Yeah. I tell you what, I think the biggest impact, Reagan, it's no surprise to you. I think it's my boy Brandon Marshall going to New York Giants. Yeah, that's big. He's only had three seasons out of 11 where he wasn't over 11, or excuse me, over 1,000 yards. The, first, the one was his rookie season where he didn't play a whole lot. Right. One was due to injury. Last year was that debacle they called a season with the Jets. <laughs> But the thing is, he's still only 31. That's not ancient for right. a wide receiver. Number two, now he is not, you know, Brandon, carry this team, make the catch, make the play. Remember the season he had when Elshon Jeffrey was hot and Cutler, you know, actually wasn't totally Jay Cutler right. a year or two with the Bears? I tell you, Marshall and Beckham, you know, along with that other team, I mean, the rest of that team – I, his numbers could soar. Is there enough to go around, Rick? Yeah, for there's him? enough to go around. Well, I, granted, that, that's, I didn't word that right. Is there enough to go around for Brandon Marshall to put up Brandon Marshall numbers? Yes. Now, this is a guy that ended up being a disappointment, but for the last, last year it was a disappointment. The year before it was right about where he should be. But this guy was a mid-second-round wide receiver. Is there enough up there with Victor Cruz, with the emergence of Shepard? Not Victor Cruz, I, Odell Beckham. Victor Cruz is yeah. gone. I'm getting ahead <laughs> of myself. I'm reading ahead. Victor Cruz out of the emergence of Sterling Shepard. Obviously, Brandon Marshall's a great fit for Eli Manning. Eli Manning's a guy I got my eye on. <laughs> if, if I'm waiting until the 10th round for my quarterback again this year with the bevy of weapons he's going to have around him. But is there enough for Brandon Marshall to put up Brandon Marshall numbers? Or is Brandon Marshall now a 65 catch, 800? And I could see a lot of touchdowns. You have finally that weapon in the back of the end zone. You know, let's say 65, 750, and eight touchdowns, which would be a big drop. It'd be a nice year, but it'd be a big drop. Or is he? Are we going to see one of these thousand-yard seasons you referenced? Oh, I, I think a thousand yards is conservative. Really, I, I really okay. do. I mean, it's Eli Manning. Well, that's true. Well, what too. does he like to do besides throw the football? He does well throw interceptions. He likes to throw interceptions, but I tell you what, don't. What Marshall gives this offense as opposed to a Shepard and Cruz that were there last year to help out Odell Beckham, to me, is almost incalculable. I think he's that good. He's huge. He's six foot four, two 230 pounds. He can run. He can jump. And you know what kind of hands he has. He stays healthy. Not only does that take a bunch of pressure off of Odell Beckham. Right. It's going to take a lot of pressure off. Of Eli Manning. Well, and that's what I'm wondering is the biggest impact on Odell Beckham. It's going to be real, real difficult to roll two to Beckham's side every time when you got Brandon Marshall. Exactly. Am I? Are, well, he'll probably still be on the outside, right? I was about to make the point. Imagine Marshall r- running down the slot, but I imagine Shepard's going to be in the slot. I don't know, but it's going to be real hard to roll two Cruz's way with Brandon Marshall running down the field as well. I, this could be really big yeah. for for Odell Beckham. Yeah, I think it's going to be big for both of them because number one, just like you said, what he does to relieve the pressure on Beckham, Beckham does the exact well, same thing. Right. So yeah, and you saw the difference with Decker banged up and out last year. How well and Ryan Fitzpatrick being <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't help matters, right? And the injury, but all the struggles he had last year. But but it's a fair point that Brandon Marshall seems to have thrived in offenses with two you know, Pro Bowl type wide receivers. 
Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. So I, I mean, he's my big <laughs> impact guy. Let's move on here. All right. So here's one I can't make up my mind on, Rick. And this is one of the first ones to happen. Brandon Cooks heading to New England. I don't – I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around what this means. Look, this is fantastic for New England, as it's always fantastic for New England. Is he Randy Moss, or is he Chad Johnson, or is he somewhere in between? You know, David Givens. Who is Brandon Cooks in this New England offense? Well, that's a good question. I mean, and you look at this offense, Rick. You got Julian Edelman, of course. He's going to catch 12 a game. Amendola's still hanging around. Chris Hogan, who emerged as a hero – Brandon Cooks now is in there. They just signed Andrew Hawkins right. off of Cincinnati, who could turn into the next superstar for all we know, yeah. You know, going to New England. What do we know? And they stole Gillisey from Buffalo. I mean, talk about just, a, oh, it's just the rich an off-season win. Yeah, it's what they do. Yeah. I think he could be big. Is he going – boy, it's, it's really hard. I mean, he's coming from an inconsistent offense, and what I mean by that, New Orleans – you know, he may get 10 catches one game. He may get four the next, you know, the way Drew Brees does it. Brady is kind of similar except for Edelman or Gronk is in there with all these other guys. It's hard to say, but I think he's going to be a pretty um, consistent performer. But I have seen across, you know, what little bit I can still bear to look at it, the tweeters and the websites I keep an eye on, I see Brandon Cooks being mentioned as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. I can't do it, Rick. You know, maybe I'm going to miss the boat, but I think that's a boat I'm going to be willing to miss. And there will be guys, you know, maybe go to your Brandon Marshall. That might be a stretch, but just to throw a name out there, that I'm going to feel safer with heading into week one. You, you know, We're going to know real quick because that's the other thing. Belichick, Brady, they're not going to mess around and let us know what's going to be up oh, no. within three weeks. But, boy, to spend a top ten receiver value on a Brandon Cooks, I just don't. I've seen too many big names and too many good wide receivers go up there. And really, only Randy Moss has ever done the Randy Moss in New England. No one else has ever done it. Never in Tom Brady's career has anyone else done it. Yeah, you almost want to take a, a, a look-and-see approach because everybody thought when Moss was done, oh, Chad Johnson you know, or Ocho Cinco went to New England. Oh, boy, you know, look what he did in Cincinnati. He had no clue what was going on in New England. Right. Boom, he was out of there. Right. I mean, he did absolutely nothing. Now, I so. don't think that's going to happen there. I think here's what happens. I think what Cooks is, look, he was a one-trick pony in New Orleans, quite frankly. Every now and again, he'd pop up with one of them seven, eight-catch performances. But other than that, he's been almost a little tick of a better of a Deshaun Jackson, where you get this line on a good week, on a great week. It's three catches for a buck twenty and two touchdowns. And normally he'd do that after I recommend him sitting them on Sunday morning. Well, yeah. He'd do that before halftime. That happened more than once last season. Not that I'm bitter or remember or anything. No. no. But point being, I think that's going to be his role here. Let's assume, and it might be a big assumption at this point, let's assume Rick Gronk plays 13 games this year and is relatively healthy in those 12 or 13 games. And you still have Julian Edelman doing what Julian Edelman does and whatever they're going to do in the running game. And now you got Brandon Cooks taking things over the top. I don't – is the value there in a top 10, even top 14 wide receiver, a guy who I think that's – I think he's going to have pushing double-digit touchdowns. I think he's going to have 
some 140-yard gains, but I think he's going to do it Deshaun Jackson style on three or four catches a week, quite frankly. It's very possible because, you know, Gronk and Edelman's a go-to guys. Yeah. And White right. <laughs> on top of that. Well, yeah, now know? what he's emerged in the, in the passing game. Right. Now, on the converse side of that, Rick, one, one guy who's pushing that top 12 of wide receivers for me, maybe even over Brandon Cooks, is Michael Thomas with Brandon Cooks exiting there in New Orleans. It looks like Drew Brees, the bottom hasn't quite fallen out on him yet. Oh, no. He was right there nipping at Cooks' heels and, and in a lot of weeks was the best wide receiver on that team. Now he's the guy – Plus, they bring in a Ted Ginn. You think Ted Ginn isn't going to have a couple? Now, he's going to drop eight touchdowns, but he's <laughs> yeah. probably going to catch six or seven as well. Hey, that's going to be a guy sort of in a best ball league. Ted Ginn, I am all over, like in the Scott oh. Fish Bowl, which is coming up. I am all over a guy like Ted Ginn. We're in a best ball. He's going to have three or four weeks, and it's three catches for a buck sixty and two touchdowns in that offense. But Michael Thomas in New Orleans with Brandon Cooks leaving, I almost value Michael Thomas higher at this point. I see both their stocks had going up in New Orleans. Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed. Yes, Sneed's you know, interesting you, coming you, you out of that Cooks slot. Out of there. Now all of a sudden, you know, it opens things up. Okay, I'm going to move on to kind of like a twofold impact. All right. Okay? Now, to Num- do it slow, two at a time. Yeah, it's rough for me. Well, no, I mean, it's kind of like the – okay, we all know Minnesota picked up Latavius Murray. Right. Oakland brings in Marshawn Lynch. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mark John's listening. He's always listening. Okay, now in the last two years with Oakland, Latavius Murray's averaged four yards a carry. Nothing stellar, not bad. Okay. He's had, um, he averaged four yards a carry on 266 carries in 15 and four yards a carry on 109 or 95 carries in 16. He had six touchdowns in 15, 12 touchdowns last year. Okay. So we can average out. We we get basically what you're going to get with Latavius Murray in Oakland, right? Right. Okay. He goes to Minnesota, where Minnesota last year as a team had three running backs that averaged 3.4, 3.3, and 1.9 yards a carry. They averaged 63 yards a game rushing. I'm just about that action, boss. Yeah. Right, we'll get back to you, Mark. Yeah, we'll Sean, get back to you. Hang, hang on, buddy. I know. He gets <laughs> he, He's excited. I, that's all right. The impact, I think, I don't look for much impact on the team of Minnesota, but the stock of Latavius Murray has dropped dramatically, leaving Oakland in my mind. Now, granted, they're trying to put together that offensive line. It took a beating last year. You know, they picked up Riley Reef in the offseason, I think. You know, Alex Boone, Easton's the only center listed on the lineup right now for, for Minnesota. So I still think it's kind of iffy. But Mar- Lata- or, excuse me, Beast Mode coming into Oakland. I ain't never seen no talking with me, nothing. <laughs> I haven't either, but I do talk there, Marshawn. I think Marshawn's telling you to zip it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he could be a tremendous impact on Oakland. They don't need to rely on him like they did – in Seattle, basically, before Russell Wilson started throwing the football over the place. Right. I mean, they right. pounded him to death. Right. Oakland doesn't have to do that. Derek Carr's got a ton of weapons. Yeah, and they're not going to. So I could see him averaging five yards a carry very easily. Right. I think the issue becomes, in, in a yardage scenario, 
I don't see a lot of hundred yard games out of Marshawn Lynch, quite frankly, right? I mean, this this has got all the earmarks. They got all the young guys still there outside of Murray. Remember that log jamma, Jalen's and Richards and Yeah, but you know what? Twelve touchdowns last year well, for Murray. Okay. I can see fifteen for Lynch. Easy. It, that's where I'm going. So I think an average stat line, Rick, for a Marshawn Lynch would be twelve carries. 60, 70, 80 yards, two touchdowns. I, I think 16 touchdowns is probably the over-under for Marshawn Lynch. I, I really do believe that. I could see him getting some garbage yards right. winding the clock down in the fourth quarters. But if you have a big enough lead, if you have a lead, are you going to use Marshawn Lynch for that role? If it's a close game, you certainly are. You don't want well, to give are, up the football. In a one-possession game. Well, right, sure. Right. Well, they're playing, I think they're going to blow some teams out this year, too, though. It's possible, but you're still playing Denver twice, Kansas City twice, San Diego twice. Right. You're playing the AFC. I don't think they're going to be some juggernaut where they're just destroying teams because no, no. I'm not convinced that that defense can stop a ton right. of people. So I but mean, I'm talking on averages. True. This isn't a. I'm gonna say 85 yards a game. This isn't a 1,300 yard back, is what I'm saying. I, I think this is right around a thousand, 900 to a thousand. But I'm literally setting the over yeah. under in touchdowns at 16, and I might go over. I mean, I think that's going to be his role, and that's where we reprise the beast mode. That if you get inside to five and ask Pete Carroll about this, hopefully he knows by now. You know, this may be bad for Amari Cooper, Crabtree, some of these guys in those fades they like to run in the back corner of the end zone. Right. It's four times right to Marshawn Lynch. He, he's going to put it in. Yeah. Now, what you worry about, this is all real easy to say in May, right? You, you worry about he's been off for a while, a good long while. Can he hold up? Does he get through camp healthy? I worry Can about hamstrings. Exactly. That's what I worry so about with Marshawn kind of Lynch. Hamstrings. I don't worry <laughs> about anything else with that guy because I think he's in great shape. I just think, you know, if he can get into training camp, not tweaking anything, and, and just start taking a few reps and, and get to the preseason, take a few hits, I think you're fine. I worry about the hamstrings with a big guy like him. But, right. You know, that's – yeah, time will tell. Now on the other side, going to Minnesota, I was actually surprised. I was ready to have this argument because I knew you were going to bring up Latavius Murray. Yeah. That's your boy. Yeah, I and, like Latavius Murray, but I, I hate thought, Minnesota I, run game. Right. And when that move was first made, I was intrigued. Two reasons. Number one, we knew Adrian Peterson, and that's probably who we should talk about next down in New Orleans, you knew Adrian Peterson was going to be moving on. And I thought, all right, they've struggled to run the ball, but that's interesting, right? The team doesn't have a great passing game. They're going to run the ball a lot. And Murray has that nose for the goal line, and he's going to be in that role a lot. So I was excited. And, you know, I pay note how I feel about the draft, Rick. I'm not going to go on that rant here and alienate everybody listening for the first time here in months. But when they bring in Dalvin Cook out of Florida State, that's when I sort of did the, the oh, no, <laughs> as a Latavius. I think Latavius Murray is essentially a third-down goal line back now in Minnesota. And as much as Minnesota struggles to run the ball, I think Murray's worth having on the end of your bench. But I think that's where he belongs, on the end of your bench. you got some bye weeks. you got some injuries. Here we plug in a guy who can, who can get you some touchdowns, right, and maybe salvage you in what should be a down week. Latavius Murray has that nose for the end zone, but bringing in a guy as dynamic as Dalvin Cook, I think he 
he's if he gets the offense and making that transition to the NFL is never a guarantee no matter what all these dorks on Twitter are trying to tell you and they can project every snap they take from now until 2042 they they can't so making that adjustment sort if Dalvin Cook stays out of prison between now and the opening of camp which may be a big if and if he adapts well to the NFL he looks like the the type of playmaker who's going to come in and really be the be the engine that that offense that runs that offense quite frankly and then again reducing Murray to third down and certainly he's going to be the goal line back which is where Murray's value will lie yeah I mean I'm I'm just curious at, at what you know is what's going to happen in that backfield I mean you know they still have McKinnon I think on the roster Bishop Sankey I think still hanging <laughs> your around. boy Mark or uh, Mike Asiata I mean or Matt, Matt. excuse me are they all still there? I haven't, I haven't. heard them going anywhere yeah, or being looked. cut, but yeah. I mean, it's still early. Right, right. And I'm sure they're not going to be there, or Bishop Shanky. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Oh, poor Bishop, man. But Latavius Murray, I mean, he had that ankle surgery. He's healing. He should be okay. He, to me, takes away any spot for Mike Os- Matt Osseo. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Mike. Yeah, call him Mike. From now no, on, on the asylum, Matt, he's Mike. No, Matt Osiata, because he was basically the touchdown guy. Right, right. So, and, and McKinnon, to me, is still just so underwhelming. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I like what I see, but then I don't. And, and it's just, there's something missing from him. Does he not had a, a shot at me? You know, maybe Minnesota is thinking the same thing I am. I mean, or they wouldn't be bringing in Latavius Murray. I and mean, Dalvin you know, Cook. I, well, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they're telling all those guys, you stink, kick rocks. Yeah. Well, which is good. I mean, let's uh, let's reset it. Right. So I think it, it's going to be interesting there. I, I think it, it crushes Murray's value. It really does. Because I still think while Richard and some of these guys, Washington, were nipping on his heels there in Oakland, he was still sort of the guy, right? And he was one of those all season, one of them damnably frustrating guys where the, the yardage wouldn't be there, it looked bad, but then all of a sudden, bang, he had three touchdowns, right? And so while I'm sitting here thinking I was a genius recommending to sit him and he gets two fourth quarter touchdowns, because right. I think you can remember me screaming about this because this was one guy we always disagreed on. In three, He'd be doing nothing and doing nothing and doing nothing. And three times in the game, somebody would interfere on Amari Cooper in the back corner of the end zone and bang, 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 yeah. three touchdowns for Latavius Murray, and you're thumping your chest like you're the second coming of, of a fantasy god here. Well, that's the problem and it, it luckily worked out for Murray that year, last year. That's not Oakland's game. I mean, they're not pounding down inside hmm. the five and, and running. I mean, because no, that, no. that just is usually a long pass for a touchdown or something like that. But it just like you said, they were grabbing. It was happening over and over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were putting Murray Cooper into George Steele hammerlock right. and throwing him down and I mean, getting a flag getting thrown I mean, on him, having but, done no research, which if you're a fan of the asylum, you know I'm not a fan of, so this is pretty common. But you said he had, what, Rick, 12 touchdowns? Yeah. I'd be willing to venture that six. Six of them, maybe seven of them, were on the heels of a pass interference penalty in the end zone. Luckily, I don't think somebody would have to do a hell of a lot of work to prove that. So I'm going to say it, knowing that nobody can disprove it at this point. At Asylum Football on Twitter, if you want to try. Well, one thing about Latavius Murray is, you know, he can break away. I mean, he has that breakaway speed. But why I think his value 
really plummets is I just don't like Minnesota's offense. They were well, la- no, they, they were last in rushing last year. I don't see it picking up. I mean, yeah, you move up four spots, you're still 28th in the league. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to enhance know. you with fantasy owners. Is Teddy Bridgewater gonna gonna be ready for the start of the season? Apparently, he is throwing. Yeah, so I, I don't know what that means. I think it's an upgrade with Teddy Bridgewater, but still the you know the greatest show on turf. They're not going to be. That's just not who they are. No, I'm going to stun you. Uh oh. With I think one of the moves to me that is the biggest impact on the team itself. All right. And and that's your boy, not mine. And you know how I feel about him, Deshaun Jackson going to Tampa. Deshaun Jackson has been working with a coach he's had back early in his career. He's in great shape. He has a great attitude. you got Jameis Winston coming into his own, and you team him with Williams. Wow. I mean, I think yeah. this offense could be dynamite. Oh, there's absolutely no question about it. What I wonder about impact on team, you're absolutely right. I think positive impact on Mike Evans – I think you're absolutely right yeah. because, again, Deshaun Jackson's a low-target, low-reception type of guy. But his ability to take the top off a of defense, again, you know, how are you going to roll two and sometimes three to Mike Evans, which we saw, exactly. and where Winston would still throw it to him and he'd still come down with the ball in triple coverage. You can't do that with Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson running 74 miles an hour down the sideline. <laughs> you just can't do it. No, and his speed has not let up at all. No, no. I mean, he, let's I just face it. it done and it had been around for a long time it, that, that's huge and you know, like Deshaun Jackson's a guy you draft in the ninth 10th 11th 12th round of your draft depending on what your league settings are he's a nice bye week guy he's a nice injury replacement guy he's a nice tingle play every now and again but right. I, I think if anything this actually if it's possible I mean could we be talking about I think now I'm not even saying could we be. I think now we're talking about Mike Evans in the Odell Beckham Antonio Brown conversation. You know, he's not the beginning of that next tier. He's in that tier with those guys right now. Right. Yeah, and I apologize for saying Williams. I said team up with Williams. Oh. I got a thing of Ricky Williams up here when I when what? I was talking. How are you thinking about Ricky Williams? I have him on the screen here. He happened to was pop that your up. Your screensaver. No, How do you have Ricky Williams? I was. It doesn't matter why. He just happened to well, pop Well, I think it matters. I got different windows open, uh, and I saw Ricky Williams. That's why but you no, don't give old people Adam. computers. You remember that year, Williams oh, and Ronnie Brown? Right. Oh, I mean, that right. was crazy. You're never going to let me forget it. No. Well, you'll never forget it anyway. No, I hated that year. But I'll tell you what. I, if he can stay positive, Deshaun Jackson. Well, he won't do that. Well, you never know. I mean, it's about Tampa's turn to win the division, right? They, they should be due, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm Atlanta won last year. It revolves around. The Tampa had well, they, won it They go worse to first every year. Yeah, so. Well, they weren't worse last year, though. Were, no. No, that but they're working their way up. But Atlanta won last year. <laughs> yeah, so it's somebody else. We know it's not going to be Atlanta is what we know. Right. It won't be Atlanta. They'll be done. And it, I don't it can't be New Orleans. New Orleans next year, i got to right. assume. You know, Drew Brees' last hurrah. 
So I'm, I'm giving it to that Tampa this Carolina. year. Yeah, yeah, I'm not all I'm in on Carolina. I'm giving it to Tampa this year. Maybe yeah. A little uh, preview to our oh, prediction show. A preview of our preview show. How about that? Now, that's a full-service show right there, yeah, a preview of man. the preview show. Yeah, you, nothing better than the asylum, man. Yeah, I wanted to actually thought when you brought it up, having that whole conversation about Deshaun Jackson's attitude. But all he does is have a horrible attitude, refuse to work out in the preseason, pull a hamstring in week one, be questionable, be questionable every week, and still put up the same numbers every right. single year. It just doesn't matter with this clown, right? But he is working out. He's right. back to his original coach, and for some reason, something's clicked with him that he wants to impress. Well, you know, it is the first year of the new team. Maybe, yeah. you know, the first half of the year he'll be happy. Yeah, next year he'll blow everything yeah. off and blow that team up, but it could be big this year. So, Rick, I think there are so many moves. Let's just say – Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. No, we, we haven't talked about done. Adrian Peterson. All right, well, let's do Adrian Peterson because the the Eagles are a you buying. Big... Let's let's no. let's make it soft and no. short and sweet because I'm going to bring up another guy. While I know we're you're going to talk about deal. Jamal Charles exactly. while we're talking about Adrian Peterson. Both, I say no. I absolutely not. I'm buying. Peterson. If Mark Ingram stays in town, I want nothing to do with Adrian. Peterson. I don't want him either, but I'm buying him before Charles. Oh yeah, Charles is done. I, Jamal I think Charles so. Is finished. I think so. He'll get a little bit of work, change of pace here and there. Maybe. He, he may not even see the field. Hell, they might cut him, Rick, honestly, in the preseason. Maybe. I don't know what he's got left. I don't either. After last year where he couldn't even get on the field, you know, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back. And you heard it on this show, ladies and germs. From me. Yeah, 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 from <laughs> you. you and jerk. you just kept arguing with me and arguing yeah. with me. I you said that listen. in pre All you have to do is get a copy of the draft guide, the Fantasy Greek draft guide from last year. Which who, you better because that's going to be the last one you're right. going to see your boys. And if anybody has a fantasy draft guide, guide that they need some writing for, there's a couple unemployed writers sitting right here now who work really, really cheap. Yeah, that worked for t shirts. The fantasy Greek um, is no longer. It's a shame. Around. It's it a good shame. But I get it. I get it. And I, I wish him the best. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, I forget. Oh, Jamal Charles and how I kept telling you it was over for him <laughs> and you wouldn't listen. Yeah, you kept wanting to buy that guy, and I tell you, he's done. Nobody <laughs> believed me. I think even Dean from Connecticut didn't believe me. Well, he shouldn't. You've steered him wrong so many oh, times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. I've done is win that guy titles <laughs> after title oh after title God. after title. Things, some things never change. <laughs> You're still delusional. Well, you got to be, right? All right, let's go on here. How much time we got left? I don't know, about 20 minutes or so. Obviously, our producer, Eduardo, hasn't showed up for the first show back. So I think I'm... he's going into competitive dance. Oh, is he? Well, that's good. Full time. Oh, well. So, I mean. Uh... So, if you're near the. Or what would you call that? I can't interpretive remember. dance. Oh, interpretive I dance. I think it's competitive interpretive Competitive dance. interpretive yeah. dance. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, if, if you can make a living out of it, why wouldn't you, well, right? Well, maybe, maybe he's going to join the um, synchronized dance team for uh, Olympics or something like that. They have crap like that, don't they? Synchronized swimming, I know. You imagine Eduardo is an Olympic athlete. We could have synchronized drinking. We do that pretty well. That would and the nice. draft is coming up. I'm due for my one show. Are we doing the draft here again in the studio? I assume so. It went over so well. Yeah, i got to pace myself this year. Yeah, though. please do. I mean, <laughs> uh, i give you a quick. Now, to be and, fair, anybody, you showed anybody, up at 10 o'clock, and everybody else was here Anybody that wasn't here, here last, or last year, you know, if you're a new listener, we, we have a league of consequence that we always have a 
real part, really nice draft. A lot of lot of nuts and a lot of alcohol Idiots. and food. Idiots. Okay. Anyway, my son, uh, it was his senior year this past year, and he's playing football. So I had to go to the game. We had to have a game, the draft on Friday because they died. They couldn't do it on Saturday, mm, yeah. you know. So I said, okay, I'm going to be late. Okay, we'll wait on you, which, you know, I, I appreciate all of them waiting on me. I get to the studio here. <laughs> I was being a good host. And my co-host over here was snockered. <laughs> and I, I may have been a bit overserved. Let's not. Overserved? I, I had mean, a you few, couldn't even stand. I had a few Chardonnays. What of it? That's what I say to you. What of it? Yeah, so I, I didn't pace myself. I didn't time it out well is what happened. If you get here before 10 this year, I should be all right. Oh, I, I should be at the falling down point at the point everybody else is going home, which is when I like to be drunk when no one else can see it. Right. Because as you saw, I can't control my yapper and when I've think, had a few. You think he's got a big mouth now. <laughs> I mean to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. The decibels go up exponentially yeah, with every yeah. beverage <laughs> past a certain point. I mean, it was gruesome. It was like, shut up. Yeah, some guys get mean, right? You get drunk and they want to fight. Other guys get steamed up, right? And they, they, they want to chase women. Some guy, you know, they, they, I love you, man. Guy. I yeah. just get louder. I just, it's my personality. Don't you hate the love you guy? <laughs> yeah, that, the, he's that. the worst one. <laughs> Man, all these years you've been there for yeah. shut up. Yeah. Now for me, it's just my personality doesn't change. It just sort of gets ramped up, right? I imagine that's what I'd be like on cocaine. I haven't had the opportunity. Once I get out of this whole federal realm of real employment, like I'm old, thinking about going there, right? But well, it's, it's like that old Bill Cosby bit. Do we know. still talk about Bill Cosby? Well, you can still talk about him. I mean, you know. But I don't know. That might be offensive. Yeah, I don't People care. Are very if you're offended, turn it off, okay? <laughs> uh, what we're not is politically correct, Well, that's okay? true, too. We're going to say some things that are going to hurt your feelings. However, you know, he was talking, you know, way back, you know, talking about cocaine. Well, what is it about cocaine? Well, it enhances your personality. Yes, but what if you're a... An a-hole, a yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, so I'm an a-hole, and yeah. I multiplied it by, that's what I do. Yeah. So I, I'm going to annoy the crap out of you, but I'm not going to punch you in the face or, you know. Dry, I won't dry either because I'm old and I fall asleep before I get drunk. Or dry hump your leg, you know. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to no. annoy the crap out of you. So yeah. What were we talking about? How did we get there? I don't know, but what do you think about the, um, this is very immaterial, but we like picking on crap like this. The celebration rule. All of a sudden, it's, oh, we're relaxing the celebration rules. I like it. I could care less. Well, you're probably right. It, I was given an answer because I had. I mean, it's high time. Right. Okay? It, it, it's high time that they that they do. Look, they've been celebrating since Billy White Shoes Johnson back in the early right. 70s. Okay? And then all of a sudden, they decided they're going to flag it. Now, to be fair, some of these guys think that they have to do something really ridiculous. Yeah, I don't need simulated sex acts from Antonio Brown every no. time he scores. No. Keep throwing the flag on that. That's fine. That's fine. And, and, and yeah. not because I'm a prude, because I don't watch football to see people dry humping. I just I don't do it. No. I've said dry humping like three times on this show. Now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we got a title for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got dry humping on the mind. I don't know. That's four times. We, we, right. we apologize to the Arena Sports Network. Hopefully the FCC is good with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. If not, we'll get kicked off. But, but so, for the other stuff, and, you know, I'm one, Rick, maybe because I'm sort of 
a creep like that. And you know how I like those 90s Miami Hurricane team. But when Joe Horn pulled out the cell phone, when Terrell Owens did the autograph bid, I like that. And and that's where going to be where the gray area is. But a guy spiking a ball over the goal, who cares, right? If it's quick, uh, if it's spontaneous, I'm good with it. I'm a little – yeah, I'm a little more old school. I mean, I'm a lot older. I'm a little more old school. I do – I don't mind, hey, look what I did and this – you know, that kind of thing. I don't mind a good celebration. But I, I'm like you. When it starts getting drawn out right. and it's just, you know – don't take away everything. Number one, game's not over. Yeah, that's true. You know, right. number two, you're still on a team. <laughs> believe it or not, you know me. Yeah, there's fifty two other guys over there. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, you're still on a team. So have your little fun, and then go back and get back to business. And you don't have to get into anything crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I mean, let them celebrate. I mean, they're still 25-year-old kids. Okay? Well, that's what it comes down and, to, and, right? And yeah. it is about having fun. You know, and I never did like that. And I've probably said it before, to be honest. You could probably go through the archives of this show and see it. But as I think about it, I'm kind of over the term, act like you've been there before. Because, all right, you've been there before. But in that business, you may never be there again. So within reason, within a team concept, I'm good with it. If you want to spike it over the goalpost, if you want to do the, you know, think about some of the great ones, stuff Billy White Shoes did, so yeah. the icky shuffle, things like that. I like stuff like that. But what see, Antonio Brown's doing, I, that's the line. And I don't know how right. you draw it as the NFL. They are, I hate to defend that league, but they are in a tough spot there. Where is that line? Yeah. And where do you live on it? But I think it, it's what they, how they defined uh, pornography back in that Supreme Court case. Remember that? And the, what they basically said, uh, we'll know it when we see it. I think that's how you police this, right? Yeah. Put a line of good taste and reason and put it in the referee's discretion, and we'll scream about it, we'll debate it to kill 10 minutes on a show, and right. that's fine. But they took it too far. You can't have – in football, as in life, you can't have these zero-tolerance policies. They just don't work. Right. And, and, you know, when it gets – the old adage, you know, act like you've been there before, there is a bit of merit to it. Yeah, celebrate and have everything. But I tell you what, don't don't go overboard. Don't get in the other guy's face. Right, right. Don't get a flag thrown on you because then – you know what? You look like you've never been there before. Right. And then remember, this, Roethlisberger had that conversation through the media with Antonio Brown last year. Where, look, right. this guy's got to set, shut this down. He's putting us 15 yards in the hole every time right. he does this. Exactly. So, right, and that's where the teams can, can sort of police themselves a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm good with it. it. Just We'll know it when we see it. We can debate it as they come up. but And what I don't want to be is where we're mandating. Look, I think it's really cool. It's really cool when Larry Fitzgerald catches a touchdown and flips the ball to the referee. But I think it's meaningless if that's what you're mandating, right? I think exactly. these 25-year-old guys, I watch this for entertainment, and different guys have different personalities. And maybe you prefer the Larry Fitzgerald type or I prefer the – the Terrell Owens type, but it doesn't matter. There's something there for everybody. And basically, at the end of the day, Rick, let's not forget this isn't the world, some type of world government. This right. is entertainment, right? This right. is what it's, it's a television show, and what is Larry, what it is, Rick. What Larry Fitzgerald does 
is what Larry Fitzgerald does. That's who Larry Fitzgerald is. Exactly. What Antonio Brown does when he's is stupid. gyrating, okay. <laughs> he's an idiot. Larry, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's the other side, and you pick what you like, and it's a TV show. And that's where, guess what? Because what it comes down to is a TV show. What's every TV show have, right, right, Rick? A hero and a villain. Right. So you get to pick if it's a game you don't have an interest in. You got your hero, you got your villain. Who do you prefer? What do you like to see? That, I think it needs to be like that. You can't legislate the personality out of it. I agree. I agree 100%. So I don't know how much time we have here, because, of course, we don't have a producer. I think we're we're probably running up against it. But we got to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know where to start if we start with Alshon Jeffrey. I think Torrey Smith's probably a non-starter. But maybe we start with LeGarrette Blunt. That's what's interesting to me. LeGarrette Blunt moving to the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw what he's done in New England. Feels like a good signing, right, Rick? I mean, sounds great. Here's the problem. LeGarrette Blunt has never succeeded anywhere, anywhere in his life except with Bill Belichick. So I don't know what to make of LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I mean, it, it, there's red flags all over the place as, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it really is. You're absolutely right. Has he matured? Is he just going to go to another team and fit in and start doing it? I've got my doubts about it i right. have to be serious and, and and on paper if you'd never watched a game and you looked statistically you would think holy cow you bring in Legarrette blunt and his skill set along with a darren sproles and what he does you have that perfect combination in philly but Legarrette blunt look he was a clown in college remember all the trouble we had that sucker yeah. punch he threw at the end of that bowl game he had issues with, with behavior and all that nonsense when he was in Tampa. And then he was a stud in New England. He goes to Pittsburgh. They throw him off the team halfway through the year. He goes back to New England that year and has been a superstar ever since. Can it work somewhere else? Look, I don't know enough about the Philadelphia coaching staff, what his relationship is there. It, it has to it be may. a Belichick thing, right? It absolutely has right. to be that somehow they reined him in. And I don't feel comfortable that anybody else can do it. I really don't. And, and I'm kind of um, a little bit, I don't know, a little bit dismayed in a way. Um, you know, Carson Wentz in the offseason went to – um, what they call the quarterback gurus. Okay. All right. And, you know, head coach Doug Peterson and the coaching staff, they weren't all that thrilled about that. You know, and I'm sitting here wondering, okay, you have a guy that is dedicated enough to his craft that he's trying to get better, okay, in the offseason. Maybe it isn't exactly the way you wanted him to go. Maybe, I mean, he couldn't work with the team, right? Right. You know, so but I don't know why they would have heartburn that. The, the kid's trying to get good. He's got Elshon Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews. you got Torrey Smith. You know, you, like you mentioned, you brought in Blunt. You still have Ryan Matthews, your boy. My dog. I think you he's know. done now. Yeah. I mean, they have depth at wide receiver. You still have Ertz and Selleck at tight end. I mean, there's a lot of weapons on this team. What is wrong with this kid wanting to be a better quarterback? It's the arrogance of a coaching staff that we don't want you working with anybody else. We know better. It's just it's the arrogance of the NFL is what it boils down. That's kind of nothing to me. They can be mad. It doesn't matter. This is their guy. 
you know, I, I'm just curious what it means. You know, it's bad, real bad news for Ryan Matthews. I just, you know, when, if I'm sitting there on draft day, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty far down that draft sheet where I take that chance on Legarrette Blunt. I just for some, can anybody else? No one has been able to rein him in but Bill Belichick. Right, I agree. He's older now. I get that. He's probably what Rick thirty. He's over thirty. I'm he's certain. Got to be thirty. He's got to be right around there. So I'm certain he's matured. But would just. Again, Belichick, the only guy who can rein him in. And, and before we get out of here, Rick, Alshon Jeffrey, obviously a huge move. What's that mean for Alshon Jeffrey? What's it mean for Carson Wentz? And what's it mean for Jordan Matthews, who I've long been a defender of? It's hard to say. I mean, I think a whole – you know, I, I think a lot of it could de- depend on Blunt because, I mean, Sproles and Matthews – Yeah, that's terrible. They're both iffy, okay? Right, yeah. Let, let's face it. If Blunt even fits in 70% like he did, even 65%. Because of a legitimate threat. Right, at New England. I think it all all hinges on Wentz's maturity and if he improves. Because he's got a ton of weapons on the outside and at tight end. So, I mean... This this division is going to be... It's going to be interesting. Really interesting. Oh, extremely interesting. I mean... And the Giants got better... Cowboys are the Cowboys. Yeah, a lot's going to be riding on Dak Prescott. I think they regress a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll save all that for the right. preview show. And I still like Washington. Kirk Cousins gets better every year. They bring in Terrell Pryor. That, that's an interesting move there. Kirk Cousins gets better, but they don't believe in him. Don't, uh, yeah, that, know, that could be, that's a whole segment. We might put that on the docket for next week. Right. I'd love to scream about that and the arrogance of Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder. But Alshon Jeffrey, I think with Alshon Jeffrey, here's what it boils down to. This guy in any offense, this guy in Jacksonville, this guy in San Francisco is a pro bowler wherever he goes. Can he stay on the football field? That's the big thing. It can only make Jordan Matthews better. Here's what we know. Jordan Matthews isn't a number one wide receiver. And when he is, he's in trouble. If he can come out of that slot and he can run over the middle and get the ball and turn that corner, that's where Jordan Matthews has his big games. Go back to every 100-yard game Jordan Matthews has. He's going to have about four catches for three yards, and one time he's going to get around that corner and bust one for 60. That's what Jordan Matthews does. A guy like Alshon Jeffrey gets that done. The problem with Alshon Jeffrey, he's shown over the last several seasons now, he has a real hard time staying on the field. Yeah, you got that right. And he was, you know, you saw that promise when he was on the other side of Brandon Marshall. He's sort of shown he's not the guy. Now, but you put him with a Jordan Matthews, you put him with a Zach Ertz, right? You put him with a Darren Sproles and a LeGarrette Blunt, assuming, again, LeGarrette Blunt works out. If he can stay healthy, Alshon Jeffrey's a pro bowler. He's going to have a big year, and he's a – I don't know if he's a number one, but he's easily 12 to 18, right? Somewhere in there, probably, if we started listing him out. That's where an Alshon Jeffrey goes. The big thing for him is health, and I'm never going to trust him for that reason. I've never been a Jeffrey guy. Remember, people were screaming about him two seasons before he sort of broke out. I just I can't trust him. I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'll tell you what, before we get out of here, we're running out of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you, the luckiest guy in the NFL going into 2017. The luckiest guy in the NFL. In my mind, it's got to be Blake Bortles. They did absolutely nothing to even give him pause that there may be some quarterback competition in Jacksonville. Well, no, that's true. It's his job. And, I mean, it's his job. I mean, this is the fourth season for him. If he doesn't – I would like to see them do because I would actually like to see Jacksonville be legitimate with that defense – 
and the weapons they have on the outside, I would like to see them actually perform at least at a mediocre level, eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that. But I tell you what, it's all on Blake Short, Blake Bortles' shoulder. Shoulder, boy, that's wow. tough to say, that's man. That's like a tongue twister. Blake Bortles' shoulder. Say yeah. it. Blake Bortles' shoulders. There we go. There we got it. Boy, but Good don't, job. Good don't job. say it fast when you're running out of time, man. No chance Fournette's a bust, right? Fournette comes in as a stud in that offense, right? I think so. And, and it makes Bortles better. And they've got depth at running back now. Right. I mean, he's got everything he needs. Right. You've got period. superstar wide receivers in, in Robinson, who I think is going to have a bit of a bounce back. I don't think he goes back to 2015, right? But I don't think he's as bad as 2016. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, everybody, you know, whatever they have there. Hearns. Hearns. I was yeah. blanking on I kept wanting to call him out. Last Say name, it, Alan, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns. <laughs> but they've got the weapons there. You saw the young Julius guys. Julius Thomas is still there, correct? Right, I believe so. So you put these weapons in there. You give them a guy like Fournette who's a can't-miss it, it running back. It's got to happen this year for Blake Bortles. Now, the problem is Tennessee – is emerging in that division. In, in, well, that division got tougher this offseason. And you season. still have a great defense in Houston. And, boy, I tell you what, any kind of quarterback play yeah. at all in Houston. If Deshaun Watson can be slightly better than any of that direct they had last year, which he almost has to be by default, they keep winning that division with guys named Tom Savage and Brian Hoyer at quarterback. That defense, that defense is that good, and the receivers are that good. I there. think Julius Thomas is gone from Jacksonville. I think they're back to Mercedes Lewis. Well, good. I do believe. I, I like Mercedes. Yeah, he's yeah. always, he's oh, always yeah, been Julius a, Thomas went to Miami, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's one of the moves that I we – I just agreed with you. i got to start fact-checking you. I'm just, yeah, sure. Rick no, said it. No, I mean, I was just kind of – you know, when we said that, I said, no, nah, he, he's moved. And, I mean, that was one guy that we just didn't talk about. We didn't talk a lot about tight ends yeah, we'll but other, other than Martellus, Martellus Bennett. Bennett. But I right. think that was such – and over the top comparatively you yeah. know, to any other tight end. And that's something else you'll get on this show where we're not going to edit that out. We just edit ourselves as we talk and we keep don't plowing care. along when we say something you know, stupid. If you, if you think nobody else makes a mistake. No, they just edit it out. Yeah. We're number one, too lazy to do it, and number two, too <laughs> honest to do it, and they are in that order. All right, Rick. Well, we are over time here. We better get out of here so we don't screw up anything on the Arena Sports Net. Thanks so much for listening. God, it feels good to be back. We're going to do our best to keep it consistent as things get back to normal. Check us out on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter. You can talk to Rick Briggs, asylumfootball at gmail.com, asylumfantasysports.com. If you want to find the show, by God, you should be able to do it. Until next week, we'll see you. Take care.
Sounds to see. 